Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's topic is going to be a good one. Hospital versus home birth. Which is better? Nabiha, you're up. Well, this is a very heated debate, I can imagine it's going to be, because everybody's got an opinion about this. Even if you've never even given birth, you've probably got an opinion. But I can only speak to what I know, and all I've known so far is hospital births. So, I mean, there's plus and minuses, I assume, for both sides, so let's get into it. But my answer would be hospital, just because that's what I know. Yeah. What about you? And obviously, I would be home birth, because that is the... indication why we felt ready to do this topic. Both of us have experience in both of these areas. Um, Nabiha has given birth how many times? <laughs> Six times already. Six yes. times. That's, and I, survived. I, I think everyone yes. can say that's expert ninja level right there. Ninja and um, I have given uh, birth three times, alhamdulillah, um, all of which have been at home. So let's jump in, jump into it. So. Um, when you were in your early stages of deciding what kind of labor you wanted to have, what draw what drew you to the hospital birth choice? Well, it was mainly my husband, honestly, because I had thought about home birth before, but he was so against it. I don't know. The image in his mind was something like back in the day people used to do that. And, and nowadays you have your baby at the hospital. That's just like a lot of times the norm that people do. So he was a big factor in that because I had thought about maybe even they have a combination where you go to the birthing um, center and then the hospital's not far. So I had even explored that option, but he was just like, nah, we're doing for his own peace of mind. He's someone right. who needs to be like, make sure everything is taken care of and there's a backup plan. So I think he drove a lot of what the decision was more so because he was so adamant about it. I was surprised by how, <laughs> you know, like he really wanted this to happen, especially with our first. Yeah. So I mean, giving birth and and becoming a parent is a very scary and huge step of life. So it does make sense that you want the best of the best and whatever technology can offer you, you know, as a parent, you want to take care of your baby. So it's completely understandable. I know a lot of men that feel that way as well, that they want, they, they, they want that peace of mind because there's so much that they don't have control of in the whole labor and birth process. It's not happening to them. What about you? What was the primary reason why you chose home birth? Um, The main reason I chose home birth was because my husband, you know, gave me the choice. He's like, well, I really don't have a a very formalized opinion on this. I haven't done any research on it. I don't really know anything about it. I'm going to let you kind of decide what you think is best. And as it turns out, I was the opposite. I did have a lot of opinions on it. And so I told him, you know, initially that I really am feeling more inclined towards doing a home birth just because I'm not a big fan of hospitals in general. Like I just, it's just something about hospitals that I don't feel comfortable. Um, So I did explore that home birth as an option. And I didn't actually think I would go through with it or that I'd have like the bravery to actually do it because it is like, very non-traditional way of giving birth nowadays. Um, But there was a girl in my city, um, her name was Chelsea, 
and she lived in Orlando and she was also on YouTube as, as a, you know, influencer. And she gave birth here in Orlando as well as a home birth. And she explained her story and she was a hijabi Muslim. And so the fact that she was in my city giving birth like the year before I did, and it's, as it turned out, we had the same midwife. She kind of oh, made wow. me feel more confident that, okay, this is something that people do. Like it's something yeah. that like you kind of need somebody to like pattern, you know? So she was kind of like a leader in that way for me that if she could do it, I can do it. And yeah. so that kind of led me down that path of um, exploring home birth as an option. I think also too, because you were in the room when I gave birth to some of my kids, I believe you yes, were there. Yes. So I think you saw firsthand what it was and the experience of it. So you kind of had that firsthand knowledge of how it would be. And as you're like knowing you and your personality, I think the home birth option was much more suited to who you are. Yeah. And I was actually at your first um, yes. birth that you gave to your yeah. son Jabber. And it was an extraordinary experience because I've never seen a birth prior. You had seen my kids before, but I'd mm-hmm. never seen one live before. And to go through that and just the difference in the two it couldn't be, you know, it, it was like night and day. The difference in how both of us giving birth, but then the way it was going about. I mean, it was like so calm. The lights were low like yours. I mean, I would love for you to just get into that a little bit about what the environment was when you were. Yeah, I think it is. It does come down to personality. And then, of course, a little bit of it is is privilege in the sense of I had a choice. What kind of birth? I know for many women, if you're a high risk pregnancy candidate. Yeah you don't even have that option. Right. So it is not necessarily something that everyone it's going to be a good decision for them. Um, but because I was able to have a low risk pregnancy, everything was going smoothly. Um, and that option was available to me. And like you said, my personality is just like, I don't like too much stimulation. I'm very like introverted. I didn't want strangers walking in my room. So, um, it is something that I felt suited me and just like my personality type. And thankfully we had just purchased a home right before we had children. So I had a comfortable environment, you know, it might've been a different experience in an apartment, you know, yeah. in neighbors hearing you next door or something. <laughs> so it was kind of, um, you know, all the pieces fell together for us. Um, but I am a, a genuine advocate for more people to have home birth as an option. If you have never explored it because I think nowadays people just assume that it's not an option. Like they kind of think there's only, and I do believe hospital births are, should be the default option for most people because Mm -hmm. it is a very safe, uh, you're taken care of. You're not have to worry about, you know, if something goes wrong. And I know a lot of people worry about what happens when things go wrong. Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest factor. That's a very scary thought. What if something goes wrong during a home birth? Yeah. And is the midwife or whoever's delivered, if, are they qualified to deal with that? Or what is the next step in order to proceed and make sure you have a healthy delivery? So that's one of the biggest things I think for myself, why I chose the hospital versus the home birth um, option. But in, in general, I think there's pros and cons to both. So like one of the things that I found really turned me off with the hospital because I really wanted to have a natural birth where I didn't get an epidural or have a C-section. I was terrified of C-section. And my first birth actually uh, with my son, Yusuf, I recall going into the bathroom with my husband and was just begging him for an epidural. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like like I felt like it was so bad. It's a lot. lot. Yeah. And um, 
I didn't end up getting it, which was interesting because all was it by the, choice? Like you just decided, like let me just wait a little bit longer, wait a little bit longer, and then you kind of end up getting to that end of the road. Well, I, he was just like because he knew how bad I was before uh, that I really okay. didn't want this, and he, he kept trying like to trying to like that. push me, yeah, push me like no, you didn't want to get the epidural, you mm-hmm. didn't want to, you know, you really wanted to do it naturally, and I was like, forget this, like when that pain <laughs> <laughs> comes over you, but. I mean, in the end, it turned out I didn't get the epidural and uh, alhamdulillah, all of my pregnancies were, you know, natural births and I didn't end up getting any C-section, which is quite rare. But I know people who sometimes that's not the option or that's not what ends up happening. Sometimes you don't control it at all because things happen in labor and you end up having an emergency C-section or whatnot. You know, your plan doesn't always come to fruition. So uh, that was interesting. I would say that I love that fact that that was something that was very um, early on, like positive for me to see in a birth experience, your first couple births that I was able to attend before I had my own, um, being able to do a natural birth in the hospital. I think a lot of people feel like that's not a given anymore, but it truly is. You just have to be really um, have that personality to let your nurses know up front, this is my plan. I want to do this. And as a new mom, that can be intimidating sometimes. Well, you have to have an advocate, I think. You really do. Yeah. I remember for that first pregnancy, I didn't even want Pitocin, which is that hormone that yeah. uh, they give you to really bring on the contractions and, and it comes really intense. Mm-hmm. So I know my mom, she actually, um, she was my advocate for my first and she actually went out into the hallway because the nurse was just like, she came and she's like, all right, you're ready for your epidural. When's it happening? Um, let me get you started. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't want an epidural. And she's like, all right, I'll take back with you in an hour, honey. You're going to need an epidural. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want an epidural. I told my yeah. mom. And, and so she actually went out into the hallway, talked to the nurses and got a new nurse. And she's yep. like, we don't like this lady. Bring someone else in. And so, but yeah, my once mom didn't mess around through, with that stuff. Yeah. Once you're going through that, you need a person to advocate on your behalf, whether it be your husband or, you know, your mom or whoever's there for you, your sister, someone to, cause you're not in the state of mind to deal with that. You're in the middle of contractions and just, it's intense. So you're, you're a barrier. <laughs> for it's that. funny. It's and you know, it's so cool thinking back to my mom that way when she was in that, those stages of becoming a grandma for the first time, like you will ask to speak to your manager because she wanted to make sure that, you she know, knew she her rights for sure. Yes, yeah. definitely. And, and that was one of the best decisions. Cause thinking back now, if you had given in on that first birth, imagine your subsequent All the rest. Labors. Yeah, I might not even have that many kids because it would have been such a horrific <laughs> yeah. experience or it might've yeah. turned, you know, sideways. But I remember the nurse who came in afterwards was like, do you want me to put some lavender through the room or do you want a bouncing ball or do you want, like she was so much more calm and just her personality matched better. And she realized, okay, this is what she really wants. Let's try to see if we can go through with this. And Alhamdulillah, it did turn out well. It was a long labor because especially your first time, you you don't know what to expect, but at least it was someone that I felt comfortable with. So um, you really should have an advocate, regardless of whether it's home birth or if it's hospital birth, have someone there who's going to know what you want to do and kind of follow through with that. Yeah, I think like giving giving birth in general and like labor and delivery is such a like transformative experience, no matter what kind of labor and delivery experience you have. It's something that will impact you and stay with you. So I think yeah. that no matter what you have to go in there 
really owning that experience and being firm about it. And I know if like for me being a home birth mom, I do get a lot of people that kind of give me a little bit of a, a shrug or like a, like one of my friends recently told me at a party, like, don't try to convince me to do a home birth ward. And all I said was, hello. <laughs> so <laughs> the point is like, I think there's a lot of like insecurities surrounding this topic, but honestly, yeah. like no matter what kind of birth you can, it's all about you. You can have an amazing birth wherever you are. You know, it's the moms, you know, building that courage and learning. I I feel like people feel like birth and um, labor is something that comes natural. Like, no, you can actually educate yourself and learn how to give labor, do the exercises, prepare your body, those type of things to help you. Take the classes. I remember I took a class um, of, of going through a tour with the hospital and just the whole birthing process. And they went through every step of what's going to happen because I'm a person. I like all the information. I give it to me, you know, so research is important. And especially if you're someone who's going for your first time or if it's a new hospital, maybe it's not your first birth, but it's a new hospital, a new location. Check it out. Be educated on what the steps are so that you on that day, you can control somewhat of like what's going to happen because you never know. I mean, it's in Allah's hands, whatever ends up happening. It's not up to us. You yeah. can plan the best, but it's Allah who ends up telling us, you know, what's going to end up happening. He's the one yeah. who plans. He's the best of planners. So, um, it, but but for the home birth, being there, I mean, I would love for you, because I feel like a lot of people don't know what goes on in the home birth or like, what's the process? So could you just like elaborate a little bit on that? Well, one of the biggest things about home birth that a lot of people I think miss is that the prenatal care in home birth is phenomenal. It is just like really, really specialized, personalized teaching and helping that mom mentally and physically kind of prepare for the birth. And of course, that varies from midwife to midwife. But I was fortunate in my first time I gave birth, I had one of these like very, I guess you could say, um, stereotypical midwives. She was like a hippie spirit and she was uh, very, very, very smart, very intellectual, very like a PhD level um, into nutrition and the body. And she would throw all this. So it was a good thing in that she would sit down for me literally an hour and tell me about the body and how what's on your fork is so important for the baby. And, and so, um, honestly, at your appointments that you're seeing my appointments at her, you're seeing the midwife at the appointments, not a doctor. It's the midwife. No. So the midwife is the primary, that is your birth, uh, professional. So the midwife is trained through midwifery schools in order to learn about birthing practices. Um, and so they learn how to give birth, they learn how to do IV, they learn how to suture and stitch and, and deal with interventions and dealing with like complications. And of course, knowing when to go to the hospital, <laughs> when it's out of their hands, they need to now transfer is what we call it an emergency plan to transfer all of those. things. But that's are- interesting. You said an hour she would sit and talk to you because I remember going to my doctor's appointments, sitting there an hour just to get to see the doctor for about five minutes and (laughs) and sitting in the room waiting for the doctor to come. So it's kind of like a little different experience there. Well, I think she also knew I was a first time mom. So maybe she was purposefully adding extra time because it did become exhaustive at the end. I'm like, all right, girl, I want to go home now. (laughs) Like this is too much, but it really did. Every time I went to the appointment, I went back home, like, all right, you got to do some stretches. You got to do a little moving. You knew what you had to do. Yeah. Like don't eat so many sweets, like try to be healthy as you can and be conscious of your, your pregnancy and how that will help your labor. When I used to go for my appointment, I would actually write down a list of my questions because mm -hmm. the doctor would be in there so short of a time that I was 
Like I need to get all my questions written down and have it ready to go. So that's a good tip for moms. If you're yes, going through the hospital down. process, mm-hmm. write down all your questions as it comes up through till your next appointment and have it ready to go. And don't be scared to ask the questions because sometimes you think, oh, this is a dumb question. I don't want to ask it, but it's your body. You want to know what's going to yeah. happen or what's the process. I know for COVID time, one of my um, cousins, she was having a baby, my husband's cousin. And I asked her afterwards, like, who's the process like during COVID? Yeah, like, right. and she had to wear a mask the entire time. But That's if hard. she didn't know that going in, like, you have to prepare yourself. So ask the yeah. questions if you're pregnant or if you're about to give birth, like, find out yeah. as much as you can. I think that comes with, like, just, like, the empowerment of knowing, like, like this is going to happen to you. So you really want to be informed and educated and, and not just, this is not one of those things you want to take a backseat on. So um, it could also go the opposite, though. Don't overdo it. because I remember toward the end I had to stop watching all those baby shows and stuff because I was just driving myself nuts thinking like oh my god what's gonna happen so you can't very true anxiety so no one balance put it down to yeah absolutely if you're a person who's tends to be more anxious maybe you might want to like not find out too much um but yeah later on um my most recent midwife who delivered my last two children, her appointments usually were about 20 minutes and they were open to whatever I wanted to ask. And they were just like, she came to my home um, in my, my last birth because I had two, two younger children. So this was my third. That's pretty convenient, actually. Super convenient. So I didn't have to go anywhere. The kids were involved in feeling the baby's heartbeat and um, all of that. So the prenatal experience, I think, is just like superb. Um, but then when you get to the labor part, basically, you know, what takes place is they give you a checklist of supplies that you have to gather, things like you know, cleaning supplies, making sure you have sheets on your bed that they can easily remove and padding just to keep the place sanitary. Do you have like a tub that they they walked like a portable? Some midwives carry a tub that you can use if you don't have a tub and you want a water birth option. I didn't elect for a water birth option um, either time, but the first time I thought I may have, and I decided against it. Um, yeah, I saw them walking in with a few supplies when they came Yeah, but they have a bag. They have everything. They have IV on, on yeah, hand. They have oxygen prepared. on hand. They have everything you could think of, but um, we don't. they don't have like Pitocin or the ability to give you a epidural. Like those are medical things related okay. to and Anastasia. Like that's definitely something that would be more in the hospital setting with specialized So people. like say, for example, I know in your case, it didn't go bad or have like that poor story ending, yeah. mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, which is very good. But yes. in in the case that it does, like say something does go wrong in it, what is the protocol? What does usually happens if something does? Because I think that's what a lot of people are wondering, like, what if something does happen? What's yeah. the next steps or what do they do? So yeah, like at any point in time, if you decide I'm done, I can't do this, I change my mind. Your midwife And I'm speaking based on my midwife's experience. If you're someone that is interested in in home births, you might want to speak to your professional caretaker and find out if that's what they do. But my midwife, they'll go with you to the hospital that you've already designated. For us, the midwife was already, you know, on, like she knew everyone at the local hospital that we would be transferred to. They knew her name. She's been in the community practicing midwifery for decades. So and they would stay with you from beginning to end. And you oh, wouldn't have okay. to say a word. They'd be your advocate. They take you straight into the room. It's not like kind you're of going like a doula, in, sort of. Kind of like a doula. Like okay. you're going straight into an emergency situation or even just a transfer situation. It's not okay, like you're so going they just, and she's the like, protocol is to transfer howdy, you. can I now sign paperwork? And 
my okay. name is so-and-so like, no, they already have like that protocol for me. They have everything transfers. set. Yeah. Okay. And you'll go straight in and they'll stay with you up until the very end. Um, that is my understanding of the situation. There's a plan and, and they become the advocate for you at that point with the hospitals and whatever might need to take place. It's very rare. I'll tell you that by my mid my midwife that had previously, she had a career of midwifery. So she had delivered, I don't know, she said close to 2000 babies or so. Wow. Yeah. And um, she said out of that amount, maybe like 70 went to the hospital and hmm. most of those were elected. None of them were uh, forced. Because of an emergency or right. some situation. So if you kind of look at it, it's like very small percentage of um, situations that end up in the hospital. Um and that's like I said, it's it's probably due to the fact that this this uh, population is very low risk. Mm. It's not women that have a history of issues of giving birth or labor, or, you know, complications. Not like if you if you, uh, for example, get gestational diabetes, that is a high risk factor that would make you ineligible. So you would be okay. Yeah. So any little thing, and and if you have healthy home births, they may make exceptions. If you like later on, you become let's say thirty five and over, which puts you in that high risk category. Yeah. But if you um, had home births, they might make an exception in that particular category. So you know it's fluid. It's based on your particular profile. Yeah. And for like the hospital birth, I know like since I've gone through it so many times, I've what I've tended to do, especially with my. Uh, not my last one, my last two actually, was I tried to do a lot of my laboring at home. So I would go to the hospital at the last minute. You had a fusion almost, I would say. It was kind of because I kind of like did most of the laboring at home and I was having my contractions at home. I like it to be very calm and very quiet and and just me by myself focusing. I remember my a nurse at that same one who was nice to me in the first time, she had told me you're tensing up. And you need to really just push the contractions through you, just feel it. And since then, that's what I've been doing, you know, since, and I have an image in my head and yeah. it's, it's interesting because it's the same image throughout all my pregnancies of my son. He was playing with water and just splashing. Mm-hmm. And that just helps me go to my calm place of, of dealing with those contractions. Cause when it comes, you really need to focus. And I squeeze my husband's hands like so much. You can tell him he knows yeah. Yeah. And I just, and I like when um, my mom, who was through all of my pregnancy, she was there, she recites Quran. And when that, when it reaches to that point, that's toward the end, it kind of yes. like just takes, because then you can't picture any images or anything. No, You're just no, no. listening to the words of yeah. it. So it's a very specific thing. And I know for my daughter, because she was my, the best birth that I had, I labored at home. Probably the whole night. That's because she was (laughs) Bedeka. Oh yeah, probably. That's why. But um, she, you know, once I got to the hospital, the nurses were so mad at me because within the time I got to the hospital, they usually like the protocols, you go into the triage, they check you out, they check the fetal monitor, hook you up, you change. And then when it's go time, they wheel you over to your room. You see those bright lights come on and it's time to go. The -hmm. doctor comes in, comes out like they, when they call the doctor, it's go time. You know, something's happening. Mm -hmm. So within an hour of arriving to she was born like and the nurses were like, why didn't you come early? I'm like, (laughs) I I just didn't want to like, (laughs) you know, but Alhamdulillah, everything came out. The doctor came and that sort of thing. So um, I think that helps a lot. What to minimize that? that time. I think that helps a lot to, to minimize yeah, that angst did. that you might feel sitting yeah. in a hospital room for hours and hours and hours. And again, that was my fifth 
pregnancy. So <laughs> I was experienced at that point. But if it's your first, by all means, go in as soon yeah, as you can. You don't know you what know. to expect. If, yeah. The first one I think is the most scariest of you, of, of, of all of them, because absolutely you're not sure what to expect. Yeah, I have no idea. No. I remember being in my shower with my first thinking to myself, how did my sister do this four times? Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Like there's no way, but I have from second and third life's panel you learned so much. And it's interesting because in the hospital, there's people like you mentioned, people coming in and out of your room. When you're in that level of pain and that state, you do not care who's in front of you. Like <laughs> whoever yeah, is yeah. in front, you don't know who's coming in and out no. of the room. So that yeah. level, that haya or shyness is yeah. gone. Yeah. So I remember when you were walking, when you were laboring, you were laboring in your room and you were just walking back and forth. And the nurse told me, um, not the nurse, the midwife, she had told me that once the pants come off, that's it. Like, you know, it's go time because that means they don't have any like shyness. <laughs> that means they're in real deep pain. Like it's coming soon. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was such an interesting yeah. experience. And, and you know, with my first birth, my midwife relationship experience was not a positive one because I had a substitute midwife. <laughs> that can my, happen even in the hospital where your doctor's not yes. the real one. And you're like, who's this random person? They're going to go deliver. You yeah, gotta, like, so calm your she was not that. who yeah. I expected to be delivering my baby. Unfortunately, that's the only week of the whole year. My midwife goes to a midwifery conference in Utah. <laughs> and so my, I was early and I had a midwife I met 24 hours before I had my baby. So would you say this is your worst experience? That was my, grief? yeah, that was my hardest oh, wow. labor That's because I didn't know my midwife. And so on top of that, she also had some other issues where she, like I wasn't laboring well enough and she had some weird ways of helping the tr- contractions come on. At one point we were and making ultimately or some kind of like, it was, uh, yeah, was there was a, a lot, lot of stuff. trying a lot of stuff. Ultimately what ended up happening was she didn't realize that my water bag, I had two water bags and it. One of them was still completely intact so when she, mm. you know, punctured that water bag, uh, it allowed for my contractions to officially come on. Okay. So that was about, I would say 36 hours in at that yeah. point. It was yeah. like a and day we were and there. Half. Our parents and me, we drove up to Orlando. Yeah. To and we're go. like, why is she not getting like contractions? Do you remember like, me and you were walking up and down the street chilling. trying to get <laughs> your labor going? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Why is oh, this My baby happening? was cool, chilling. And then once she actually like made that, and of course, she apologized because that was a huge mistake on her part. She should have not known that she was feeling it and she thought it was my baby's head. <laughs> no, it was not. Oh, so okay. she was like, does your baby, you think it's going to have hair? And I was like, definitely, probably <laughs> Indian babies, usually, you know, of that heritage. Um, and she's like, oh no, I think that you're she still, you had a bald here. baby. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that was a little bit of a unfortunate little situation, but it's labor, you know, like these things happen. Alhamdulillah, I labored through the night. But subhanAllah, that birth, because that was the one I was there for, it was so calm. And so I remember when it was go time, you wanted um, ice cold, like (laughs) an ice cold rag or something cloth on your head at all times. Mm -hmm. And we would have your husband running back and forth (laughs) getting the ice. It was wild. It was wild. And I remember holding your leg and our mom was holding the other side. And it was just like this, because the lights were low, that's like really something that stuck out the difference between hospital versus home birth was the lighting. It might seem yeah. insignificant, but when you're in the hospital, it's Very basically true. a Broadway show of lights. Like it's so mm-hmm. many lights on you because they want to see everything. Right. But when you're at home, you can have it as low as you want. So I remember the lights were dim and it was just so, it was such a difference in how things were happening. 
and you just gave birth. And it was like, I remember seeing Jabber's head and I was just like holding my breath and Lady's like <laughs> telling you, it's okay, take a take a moment. And I'm just in my heart. I was like, why is she saying take a moment? This baby is here. Like, and then she's like, when you're ready, gather yourself and then do one big push. And it was just so like a difference in it because I know in the hospital, it's kind of like a cheering on of push, push. Okay, give me one good one. And yeah. the nurses are just like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like a football field of people. Yeah, just, you're right. Like it's such a more hype environment. So that stuck out yeah, to me of yeah. in our personalities too, because that was more right. that entire thing, just the yeah. calmness and the quiet yeah. and it was like almost like by candlelight, this baby was being delivered, sort of like, <laughs> you know, it was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I didn't discover, discover hypnobirthing at that point. But later on, I discovered hypnobirthing, which helped even more to make me better use like what you had mentioned, visualizations and breathing techniques and mm-hmm. learning how to breathe into your contraction. Um, those like skills, I had no clue about any of that. I didn't take any labor class. My baby was just like, I was, a, I was kind of a hot mess. I wasn't ready for it. It was two weeks early. I didn't expect that. Yeah. He did come early too. Yeah. And I was working and new home. It was just a lot going on in my life at that moment. But for the other two, I felt more settled, calm. And honestly, it was just like a joy, like wonderful memories for me to take with for the rest of my life. Um, but it, you know, it just depends on how things play out for you. For my, um, I said my first one was my hardest. And then my daughter, who was number, uh, what was she? Number five was the best. But my sixth one with um, baby Muhammad, he was actually, I don't know if I just didn't remember everything, but he actually had the cord wrapped around his neck twice. And so every time I would try to push him out, the cord would kind of pull this kid back in. So the doctor for like two hours, I was trying to push him out and, and she didn't know exactly what was happening, but she was like, he's not coming out. He keeps going back in. Like she'll see a little bit of him and then he'll come back out. So it was very scary. And eventually I did give one giant push and he just came out so fast that he ended up fracturing his collarbone when he came Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was something that it, it took time. He had to wear like a little baby sling for the first three weeks of his life to get it over with. But as soon as that happened, I couldn't breathe. So when I asked my husband, like, which one was the hardest? He said, definitely Muhammad, because you look like yeah. you were about to die. Like, I don't know. I was holding. And if you want to scare that, somebody, that hold your hand. part yeah. is hard. It's yeah. really, really intense. It was it was really. So I was holding my chest like I was like, oh, I can't breathe. And they just went into like overdrive mode and they the entire room was cleared. Then I see a guy come in with um, oxygen and x-rays and it was a whole ordeal. Yeah. And I was like, I'm okay. But they, they just have to follow their protocol. Of course, so be, of course. Yeah. Be aware. I think of that in part. any other situation, if you were not a mom of having previously given this many births, they might have already transferred you out. Oh, yeah. So, it was my doctor, really. That because is a scary I had told situation. How bad I wanted to give birth naturally and not have a C section. I was really scared about that. But I could tell she was even on the verge of like, this yeah. is going that way. It's turning yeah. to that direction. And somehow by the miracle of Allah, like he came out and he was, alhamdulillah, he's walking around. He's, he's good, a wonderful talking. baby now. Yeah, but, but that experience of it, like, I don't know, somehow it doesn't, to me, it doesn't come across in my mind as the worst because yeah, it just, it just happened and it was what it was. But yeah. And I think the first for me was more traumatic in the it's sense. It's definitely like, more impactful. Yeah. So, too. but for him, he was like, yeah, definitely Muhammad. Like he was intense. Yeah. So it just depends, I guess we remember things differently. And it's a mercy that you do forget 
oh, little yes. details throughout the years and time that passes. I think otherwise you would just have one kid. Like if you remember <laughs> all that pain, you would not. Like yeah. and just in general, like in you know, in our religion, there's so many um sources that talk about the significance of the mother and and her reward for birth and what she does uh for her children. Um, how she Jenna will become her right is the Prophet has said about a mom who okay. is giving her, her children the dates that was that she didn't feed herself, but she fed her children. And so, yeah, the, the mom's reward. I mean, if you, that's why it is important, like pull from these inspirations and these sources, like don't just go into birth and labor empty, like go in there filled with, with things you can pull from a lot of people like in hypnobirth and they say also get like a vision board or like you said, something in your mind that you can go to, because when you get to that moment, like I remember in my last birth, I was like, this is going too well. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. It feels like it's so smooth. And then when you get to the point where noises come out of you without your permission, like, like you don't even know where, where these sounds are coming from yeah you know you're in that last part of birth right it's like um like a forced you have to make those labor sounds you know that we see on tv and hollywood does not get birthright so don't look at hollywood but (laughs) um but you know when you're in that moment like you really need to dig deep and pull because that will help you to kind of like get through and a lot of these references that we mentioned and, and and understanding your your role in the dean helps a lot yeah very much so. And there's there's a lot of good stuff out there if you want to um, look up things. I know Omar Suleiman has a whole thing on the thick of, of uh, pregnancy and birth and all that is included in there. So it's a good um, reference to look up to. There's definitely, I mean, this topic, as you could tell, we're both very passionate about it. It's something that we love talking about. But we're going to go ahead and start to wrap up for today. So Nabiha, what's next? Well, what I would recommend for everyone is if you've given birth recently or maybe your kid is older, Whatever you remember of that, write down your birth story. Have it written down somewhere, whether it be if you've just gotten birth in a baby book or you just write it down on your phone so that you can have it, whatever memories you have of that. And then also, if you've already done that, because some people have done that and they've, you know, they have it written out for their kid to read, share it with your kids. I know our mom used to do every time it was our birthday, she would tell us about how yeah. you were born yeah. and all that. So that's probably where we got it from. Like this yeah. notion of like capturing things, capture it. Yeah. That, yeah. So I would say write down the birth story and also share it with your kids so that they can have an idea of it. And I just wanted to caveat and add, I mean, add on to that. Um, even if you can't write it, just speak it into a recorder oh, that's <laughs> so nice. you can at least capture it, you know, at some point in time, you can always write it out. Um, mine would be, um, along the lines of maybe just building that community, that birthing community, that mother community, um, of reaching out to someone who is maybe a first time mom giving birth for the first time. And and let's say like you are someone that have a lot of experience in labor and delivery, maybe reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, I know you're giving birth, you know, I'm here for you. Um, or if it's someone that recently gave birth, maybe they, you know, whatever kind of birth they had reaching out and say, Hey, I heard you just gave birth. I know labor can be intense or something offer to help them out in some way. A meal goes a long way, you know, during those early days of providing nourishment, food, snacks. I mean, I think that the more we can foster this loving community with each other, um, especially in the moments that are 
so vulnerable, like giving birth, becoming a mom, particularly new moms, it will help everybody collectively. Because I mean, as a as an experienced mom, it's nice to help someone out, right? Like you get that that feeling of like, I know how much this can be for somebody because maybe I did have it or I did not have it when I was in that position. For me, handed I could say I did have it. Like when I had my second, my sister who you guys know, Nabiha, <laughs> she <laughs> sent me so much food, like bags and bags and bags of food. Like I didn't cook for weeks and I needed that. Like I did not know how badly I needed that. It was probably like one of the best gifts in my entire life. You know, when you're in that vulnerable state, it's amazing. So I know this is like a very long winded what's next, but um yeah, reach out to new moms, build that community, help each other out. Because honestly, like, you know, that's what life is about. Yeah, definitely. And being a new mom or being a mom in general, if you have a few kids behind you there, you know, the day does not stop with a new baby. You still have to feed the, the rest. You still have to continue moving, growing school. Everything yeah, keeps going. Yeah. So the more we can help each other out, the better we'll be, inshallah. So um, that's all for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.